Welcome to the WinFL Show. Welcome to the Outer Hebrides. This is the WinFL Show. I'm Ian McKinnon. I'm joined this week by Dave Somerville. Dave, how are you doing, pal? I'm doing very well. Um, a bit of a quieter week in the NFL, but, you know, we'll get through it and happy to be here. Always. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a few things. Obviously, free agency has toned down now. It's nowhere near mm-hmm. as bad as it was, uh, or as crazy as it was. Um, they uh, had the NFL owners uh, meetings as well. They, they decided a few things, a couple of points that we'll go into later on. Um, but we're going to start with the news, of course, and uh, the big news. It's Lamar Jackson. So mm-hmm. what, have, uh, what have we got to say about Lamar this week? I mean, it's come out on the 2nd of March, so that will be just under four weeks ago uh, as we record this. Um, it He requested a trade, basically. I think um, it, he's probably frustrated at the contract discussions. Um, and, I mean, no team has really come up with a, an offer for the Ravens. I think they're worried that um, the Ravens are just going to jump in with whatever efforts they put into any trade. So... I mean, for Lamar, I think because of the uh, lack of emphasis on wide receivers um, that the Ravens put on wide receivers, I think that it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world for him. Um, they, you know, they, there has been uh, discussions between Odell Beckham Jr. and uh, the Ravens, but yeah. they haven't really. Yeah, I mean, I mean, what he's what he's been able to do with. What he's got at the Ravens has been nothing short of a miracle. He's been absolutely brilliant. Um, he's they, They've basically built their system around him, mm-hmm. but they're not giving him what his current kind of value would dictate, which to me is just ridiculous. I, I don't see... Um, I, I don't see the sense in it. I think they, they should just, you know, break the bank at this point because he is their franchise, whether they like it or not, and they, they should Pay, pay him what he's worth, basically. And, yeah, I think he's seeing that they're probably not going to pay him what, what he thinks he's worth. And he's backed himself. He's proven how good he is. You pay up or let him go and try to get as much form as you can. But he's going to play this year on franchise tag. After that, he can do whatever he wants. So they either need, they should pay up now or they'll, they'll end up letting him go as a free agent. So... It came to light that he tweeted that on March second, he'd requested mm-hmm. uh, he'd requested a trade, mm-hmm. um, and this came out when about three days ago, so three weeks after yeah. he he made this request, it actually came to light. And I don't know if you saw the interview with John Harbaugh, and he was sitting there going, "I've I've not seen it, I've not seen the tweet yet," and it's almost like I'm not going to say feigning ignorance because that's that's insulting to John Harbaugh, um, because you know. If he's not seen the tweet, but he seemed almost surprised when they'd said about this um, trade being asked for three weeks prior. And Mm -hmm. and I'm thinking, how much... Obviously, the coach picks the players. does, yeah. But the general managers and the owners are the ones who deal with the contracts. Well, I think, where's the communication in this? Uh, well, yeah, particularly that's... in the Ravens' back room. If there's none, then that that's a serious issue. I mean, from from a Rams' point of view, can, can you imagine if uh, Les Needs and Sean McVay were not communicating about what their players have requested or what's going to happen with the team? It's it's unthinkable. So, it, it, I mean, if Harbaugh doesn't know that Lamar requests a trade, 
weeks before he actually, or weeks after he actually requested the trade, something is far, far wrong there. Yeah, and I mean some, that's something's very wrong. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I I don't know if he was literally just saying, "I've not seen what he's tweeted." Mm. Uh, you know, because obviously he's got to, he's got to be so diplomatic when doing these interviews about what he can see and what he can't see, uh, how it reflects on the team. And John Harbaugh's not a stupid guy. Not right. a, definitely yep. not a stupid guy. And he's been in this game for a long, long time. So I think he knows what to say and what not to say. But just the, the kind of vibe you were getting as he was talking to the media, I was thinking, does he actually know that this, <laughs> this request was put yeah. in? Because all, the whole time he's saying, you know, uh, when, when this train's running, Lamar's going to be on it. He's going to like be the, a quarterback. Yeah, I don't like the idea that um, the, the, there's a chance the, the Baltimore backroom have kind of thrown the Harbaugh, but, you know, they didn't, not into like a kind of paddling pool, but more into an ocean, you know, into the into a proper deep end uh, without giving them all the information that, that has happened, particularly with the one man that people are going to be talking about. I mean, no, who else is going to talk about... Um, or who's going to be spoken about at a Ravens press conference right now, it is Lamar. It is the man that the contract situation has been ongoing and ongoing and ongoing. It's reaching ahead now, and to not prepare him with all the information, that, that's not ideal. Yeah, and no. I feel bad for Harbour there. and he, he deserves every bit of respect. And I think even with the, his, the own instruments that he's had at his disposal, He's done. He's done really well. The Ravens as well um, as as Lamar. So I think they both made the best of a bad situation. And Lamar's not getting what he's worth. Basically, and I mean, looking at some of the contracts that have been handed out in the last few weeks, he, he should be at the top, if not the top. Um, you know, maybe obviously aside from Mahomes, but and maybe Joe Burrow's. But Joe Burrow's contract situation will come up as well. This is yeah. what's going to happen Nick, at the end of the season. I think. I think we're just going to we're going to have one QB every year right at the top that's going to be needing a new contract and at the moment teams are not willing to pay him no that's very true um now last week um at jake on the podcast and we were talking about deandre hopkins because deandre hopkins mm-hmm. um all of that was up in the air uh, at the time and still is up in the year we don't know what's happening with deandre hopkins but i had postulated the question to jake about where he would like to see deandre hopkins go other than the scene so lamar Let's mm-hmm. assume Lamar does get traded. It's not It's not going to happen. But let's assume that it does. Where would you like to see him go apart from the Rams? You're not allowed to say your own team. So where would you like no. to see Lamar go? Where would be the, the best uh, best situation for him, for example? For Lamar, um, I, I, I would have I made the argument of our team on the up. Um he, I, I would have preferred to see the Jets go for him, I think, over Aaron Rodgers. Um, I, I think that would be the more, the, the, the smarter thing to do from their point of view because Definitely. Aaron Rodgers is already on a much higher contract. He's he's on, I believe they call it in English, the denouement, where you know he's had the peak of his career, they had at the very top of the, the story, and he's just on a slight decline now. I'm not saying it's because of his age. I think last year he didn't perform as well as he could have. Um, you know, it's obviously his stats are sound, but I think there were a few times when I thought, "Oh, uh, that's that's not kind of 
really what you expect to see from Aaron Rodgers. But um, yeah, I, I I think a team like the Jets would have been good, or the Giants before they mm-hmm. did something silly um, because we're PG here. That it wasn't the first choice of words. Um, but yeah, I, I would have quite liked to see him go to one of the New York teams. Uh, I think that would have been brilliant. And you know, I, I obviously Kenny Pickett's there, but the Steelers. I know it's so Baltimore to Pittsburgh. That would just added to the drama. I think that would be fantastic. That that would be fun, uh, wouldn't it? If he went that to the would Steelers, be amazing. I, I'm, I, I'd I'd like to see him stay in the AFC though. For, from a kind of you know yeah, um, selfish Rams tinted colors. Oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I would I would have said a, t- a team that's on the up because I think Steelers are on the up. I think Kenny Pickett's settled, but I think they'll get a couple more um, people in outside. Uh, the division i would like to see one of the new york teams because i think you know even though it's outdoors like those, those both those teams are on the up um from their previous few seasons and yeah i i think they both new york teams have made the wrong decisions with who they're going for but time will tell time will tell yeah now the um i i always keep saying um i'm bored of aaron Rodgers. i'm sick of talking about aaron Rodgers. <laughs> but of course yeah, every year still yeah. still still nothing's happened there with the jets um, I, I absolutely agree with you 100%. 100%. If I'm the general manager or the owner of the Jets and I've got a choice between Aidan Rodgers and Lamar Jackson, I'm taking Lamar every day of the week. Uh, with no offence to Aidan Rodgers, but uh, I think Lamar is just, well, obviously he's younger um, and, and you're not going to have the same circus, the same right. me- nonsense that that you get with with Aaron Rodgers, I would take Lamar. Yeah, um, I I'd the like Colts? to. I was going to say the Colts because I'm I'm sort of yeah. adamant that he goes to a dome team. Now I yeah. had said Atlanta, and then Atlanta obviously went out and uh, brought in somebody whose name I've forgotten. <laughs> Uh, why can oh i not remember the names of nfl quarterbacks it's an nfl podcast for god's sake um was it andy dalton no i think so yes no oh, no was it was was it no it wasn't he went to the panthers didn't he baker went to hey. the bucks dalton went oh, to the panthers Heineke. of all people gosh dang it Yes, apologies, Taylor. If you're listening, then I I apologize. Yeah, they've also got Desmond Ritter as well, which they seem to be quite hype on Desmond Ritter, actually. Well, Uh, you know, I mean, he was uh, quite a high selection coming out there, and I think they they, they like what they see in Ritter. They're just maybe not convinced he's ready just like if the season kicked off tomorrow, he he wouldn't be ready. I think think that's what they're looking at. But um, Uh I think uh, Lamar, the Colts, I I like the Colts, again, because it's a dome team. And I think he would just explode uh, if you played eight or nine games guaranteed in a dome. I think Lamar would just be ridiculous. Um, in the same way that Michael Vick was when he was with Falcons. You know, it's it's not they're not the same player, obviously, but there's certain skill sets which are obviously very similar. So uh, I I think the I'd like the Colts. I think Lamar at the Colts would be that would be fun, especially if they get that offensive line sorted out. That's what they need to do. Definitely. Yeah. So uh so we're gonna move on from there. Is there any other free agency action we should be uh we should be concerning well, ourselves with? Well the the last one also involves the Falcons because Calais Campbell signed on a one year deal for them. Which 
Yeah, yeah. I, 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 yeah, and you know he's a former uh, Walter Payton Man of the Year. I, you know, we, I think you were talking last week. I think it was with um, you know leaders in the locker room, mm-hmm. and I think he's one of these real, real leaders that the whole league speaks very highly of. So, and and he's still got a lot to offer the league. So, I think that it's such a sound move by the Falcons, and um, I, I, I mean that division is starting to be buffed up you know the, the Saints bringing in Carr um, the Bucks are starting to make a few signings here and there just you know all, all under the radar a little bit um, you know, and the Panthers massive massive signings and of course they've got the number one pick in the draft so the, it's going to be I, I think the NFC South is going to be one of the big divisions to watch out for because obviously last year we earmarked um, you know uh, the Broncos uh, Chiefs, so you don't Raiders, need, you don't Chargers. need to remind me of you had Mark and the Broncos last year. Well, half half your team were, uh, lived up to expectations with the defense, uh, the offense. That's true. I mean, that's very true. That that's a whole different podcast. That's a one podcast, if not more, uh, right there. I'm afraid it but, is. Yeah, yes. I, I know yeah, what you mean. Calais Campbell. Yeah. Uh, he like Patrick Peterson, who we spoke about a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Calais Campbell seems to have been in the league for a hundred years. It feels like he's been there forever, um, and mm-hmm. he's a he's a great player. That's such he a good is. pickup, such a good pickup. What about your own team, Dave? What about your own Los Angeles Rams? What are they even doing in free agency? Well, obviously, last time we spoke, they done nothing, like yes. zero, not signed anyone. They managed to get rid of their punter. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes, thank, uh, thank sorry, you very much. they gave him back, gave him back to us. <laughs> So you said that we stole um, him, you gave him back. Thank you. Uh, yeah, but, yeah, so he, have the Rams done anything he, in free agency? Not anything of any note, really. Um, but they, the only thing they've done, they haven't assigned anyone new. They've re-signed one player, which, you know, Marquis Copeland, who's, he was decent. Mm-hmm. Good player. But nowhere nowhere near what we need right now. We We need a lot and I think at this point we need something like twenty draft picks just to make up the fifty-three man roster, um, because we're going to end, end up raiding the XFL at this rate, and I don't want that. I really don't want that. Um, I, I believe on the Stramash podcast they were talking about the Rams um, a, a couple of weeks ago, and what they said was that we've had our Super Bowl, we went for broke, and now we're reaping the rewards and the after the kind of aftermath destruction of it. So. I, I don't disagree with that. I'm quite yeah, you, you said it at the time. You said it at the time that obviously when they brought in Stafford and they brought in OBG and it was a case mm-hmm. of win now at all costs. Yeah. And now the cost is here and it needs paid. And Unfortunately, uh, yeah. It seems to, it seems to be affecting them quite badly. But do you know what? Last year was not. That was injuries. There was injuries. Yeah, oh, yeah. You know, losing yeah. Cooper Cup and, and Matthew Stafford straight and away. Darren you know, as, as and Darren Donald as well, you know, if, towards middle to the end of the season as losing well. Losing your best players. Yeah. It doesn't matter who you are. You know, it's hard and, yeah, to play through our, that. Our entire offensive line as well. It really didn't help. Um, but now we're kind of stuck with about 10, 12 average offensive linemen. We've got no kicker, no punter, no long snapper. We've got. It hurts. It really does. We have no. We have next to no special teams, 
Uh, Taylor Rapp, who uh, you know, I, I think I was quite critical of last year, but he started to come good at the end. Has been he went on a free agency visit to the Patriots, not what I wanted to hear. Um, and you know, he was a former second rounder as well, which the Rams don't have too many second rounders and haven't had for a period of time. So uh, that that's another bit of a sore one. Um, and our returner as well, who uh, Brendan Powell has, I think, signed for the Vikings now. So. Special teams is gone. Um, we, we, we we're stuck with Cam Akers, which I mean, just it's, no one wants to take on Cam Akers. I, I don't overly blame them at this I, point. He came, what, he came good at the end. Yeah, I, I was going to. I I quite like Cam Akers. I don't think. I don't. <sighs> what what, what what's your problem with Cam Akers? What is it that you don't like about his game? Uh, I think that if there's nothing obvious in front of him, so just say you know if you if you need to find like a little juke here or um, maybe an alternative gap, uh, you know he's concentrated. So if if he's going for the A gap in between the center and the guard, that's the only place he's going. He's looking at as whole. Well. Uh, I, I I don't know how what the right word would be to describe that. Um, maybe he can't really. Audible himself in his own head, if that if so you think he's basically got like like tunnel vision and he sees that exactly says, that's, that's exactly it. But he's got now, one, he's got that one play, and if he if it's not if it's not there, he's gonna kind of die by the sword. That's it. Okay, so I I get where you're coming from, um, but in his defense, so two points in his defense. First of all, we can't all be Barry Sanders. Okay, so just you know, okay. Secondly, um, the one cut and go running scheme has worked for decades. You know, you you see six inches of daylight, boom, mm-hmm. you cut and you go. You go for it and trust that your guys are going to get the job done in front of you. But as you've already said, when you've got a revolving door of an offensive line, that's mm-hmm. that's hard. That kills your running game. Kills your running yeah. game. I don't know how many times we say on this podcast. It's just... If if you don't have the men up front, you're not going to get anything done unless you've got an all time great in the backfield, you know. Which unfortunately, Cam Akers. I like Cam Akers, but he's, but as I say, he's not Barry Sanders, so that's un- unfortunately for him. Well, um, I, would, I would quite I would quite like this man back. That that would really help if I yeah. had uh, Mister Falk back. Uh, not Falk. What what a running back he was, and he was a good a great receiving back as well, which uh, I. He was Cam the not. he was the second guy to do the thousand thousand, wasn't he? Thousand mm, Russian thousand so. receiving yeah, after, yeah. after Roger Craig. Yeah, Marshall Falk, um, exceptional, exceptional, and what an open field runner! Oh um, yeah, oh absolutely. When he yeah. got in the clear, oh you know, forget about it. Just I think he was one of the main between him and Kurt Warner, probably the two main reasons that you know when I was little and getting introduced to the league. Those were the guys that, oh, I love Marshall Falk. I start playing Madden. I want Marshall Falk. Whichever team I am, Marshall Falk has to come kind of thing. So that's the kind of running back we really need. And there's not many of them available now because they're all gone. They've all been signed. So, yeah, it's an interesting time to be around. Well, but, uh, you're yeah, right. You're, but there's still the chance Austin Eckler could be released. That would be an interesting one, but we would have to pay him. Again, yes, but the way the running back contract market is, it's not like you're paying a quarterback. 
You know, it's like the, the running back contracts are horrendous. I mean, he complained about himself, mm-hmm. Foster Necker. We spoke about this already. The poor guy is just yeah. not getting a contract at all. And it's uh, it's a shame. So yeah, there we well, go. Just, just, sorry, just before we go, uh, the course. other potential, though, what about Zeke? Zeke for a for a, a a low a low draft pick because if they're looking to get rid of him uh, is he out of contract? Yeah, Zeke? yeah, Zeke's gone. If he's a free if he's a free agent, then I I wouldn't hate to see Zeke. I mean, he's literally a free agent. He's he's been uh-huh. released. Well, I mean, we, we haven't signed any free agents, so I, I mean, it's a it's a low bar at this point. I mean, Zeke. Um, yeah, I, I, again, I like Zeke, but. He's a victim of his own success early on because he had such Kareem a- Hunt. I think I think you put Kareem Hunt into that category as well because he Hunt. he was really successful. Oh um, yeah, early on, Nick. early on with the Chiefs, he yeah, was, he was mm-hmm. unbelievable in his uh, that was his rookie year, wasn't it? Absolutely, yeah. And then when he went to the Browns, he, I mean, I mean, he kind of got lost because of Nick Chubb, but that was that was like the <laughs> best one-two running back punch in the league. I yeah, th- yeah. I mean, it, it was that was deadly. Um, Kareem Hunt, Zeke. I don't know. I don't. I don't know who I would take in that one. Um, yeah. pro- purely from a, a talent point of view, probably um, Hunt. Yeah, I uh, no, I agree with that. Probably. So there we are, Dave. That's going to wrap up our uh, first coverage of free agency. So, Dave, uh, what we're going to do now is we are going to actually uh, bring in a new segment. Now, a couple of weeks back, I'd asked you to sort of name your top five head coaches. Do you remember? And I, I named mine. Mm, yeah. Uh, I say a couple of weeks, a few weeks ago. I, I'm sorry about that. A few weeks ago. Um, now, we decided that we're going to do some more top fives, but not necessarily all NFL related, because yeah. it, let's be honest, everyone does that. So of course we're gonna, we don't want to, we don't want to be copying people. So what we're going to do is we're going to have top five guilty pleasure films. This was your idea. A lot of questions about this is going to raise a lot of questions about me. It, it is this was your idea, uh, but I'll go first. I'll give you mine okay, first. Right. What I'll do is I'll actually uh, bring them up on the screen here. So my top five guilty pleasure films in no particular order. Smokey and the Bandit. Uh, and I, inc- I include the sequels there. I don't care what anyone says. I've, I love the Smokey and the Bandit films. Absolutely love yeah. them. I think they're fantastic. Um, slightly more controversial, Police Academy, up to Police Academy 4. Because once they had five, it was just unwatchable. But uh, the Police Academy films, one, two, three, and four, I love Police Academy films. I think they're absolutely brilliant. I know they're stupid, but they're fun. Um, We then have probably the most controversial one, The Phantom Menace. I know that The Phantom Menace is a terrible film. I, I, I know that. I've seen it countless times. It's rubbish. It doesn't get any better. But every time that film is on, I'm watching it. I, I, I just I, I love Star Wars and uh, by proxy I love The Phantom Menace mm-hmm. well I'll let you in on a little secret yes. I watched The Phantom Menace two nights ago and what did you think of it? do you know what it's, to me it's still a classic so it's not even a guilty pleasure it's just it's a pleasure to watch it it's, it was a terrible movie but <laughs> for, for me 
it did the job. It still, uh, you know, gave the financial backers uh, reason and belief to keep going with the the Star Wars franchise. And then Disney, of course, bought it, and they've kept going, and we still built off that. So I think, yeah, you know, well, yeah. it, screw the haters, Phantom Menace, <laughs> right in great episode one. Now, for my next one, I've actually got a genre of films. Because I couldn't pick any one. Now, this is Uh. disaster films. So you can, uh, any Roland Emmerich film, the likes of 2012, The Core, The Day Mm -hmm. After Tomorrow. If Earth is getting blown up, I'm watching it. And I don't care how bad the film is. I will watch it. I watched one the other, uh, about a week ago, called Moonfall, which I actually think is another Roland Emmerich film. And it is the most ridiculous premise of of any film that I've seen in a long, long time. The moon is basically on a decaying orbit and it's going to crash into Earth. That That's the premise of this film. Um, I'm not going to spoil it for you because you should watch it, even though it's oh, okay. utter garbage. Um, but I, I, if it was on again, I'd watch it again. Mm-hmm. I just would Fair because enough. I love disaster films. It doesn't matter if it's alien invasions or if it's, as I say, natural disasters, whatever it is, I cannot get enough disaster films. And the next one was going to be another genre film, but I, I managed to narrow it down to one. Face Off. Nicolas Cage and John Travolta. Yeah. In Face Off. Um, now, my wife, my lovely wife, she hasn't um, watched Face Off yet. I've not managed to convince her. I've managed to convince her to watch Smokey and the Bandit. So I did I did pretty well there. But I'm yeah, not she, convi- might, she may have PTSD though from you yeah, guys, from your yeah. original choices. Yeah. Uh, but Face Off, I'm trying to get her to watch. I don't think I'll be able to get her to watch Face Off, but I love Face Off. And I actually love, and I mean love, every Nicolas Cage film. Mm-hmm. The more ridiculous, the better. Um, I, I can't, I can't wait to see the one that he's in with Pedro Pascal. The, the last one that he did was the last year he came out. Yeah. I've not seen it uh, yet. Um, I can't even remember what it's called, but I think I'm, it's Nicholas Cage. Say, I can't remember. It's Nicholas Cage playing Nicholas Cage. I think, <laughs> I think that's what it yeah. is. I think Just my, genius. my genius, my favorite has to be of his gone in 60 seconds. So love it. It was just, love that it. was amazing. Absolutely. Love Con it. air. I mean, oh, Connie as well, yeah. Ah, oh, my word! That's really good. I, just I love it. Love it. Now, I was, I was, I was going to put in. I, I did put in disaster films as because I love them. But mm-hmm. I was very tempted before we go on to your top top five. I was very, very tempted to put in budget sci-fi movies, the ones that you would see on the Sci-Fi Channel. So, yeah. oh, yes, my, my all-time ones. favorite is Sharktopus which is has one of the greatest scenes of a two two of the greatest scenes ever put to film and i i shall relay these scenes to you now they're very short so i'm not gonna act it out on camera or anything but basically so this one scene where i believe it's um eric roberts he's in loads of these films julia roberts's brother he's uh-huh. in loads of these films generally playing a bad guy so <laughs> you know it's good uh, and I think he's he's playing like this uh, carnal or something like that, and the 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 sharktopus. Although, so sharktopus is a shark 
with eight octopus legs. So I don't know why it's not called Octoshark, but it isn't. It's called Sharktopus, right? Anyway, by the by. So anyway, this thing was created by the military and it breaks free. It, it, it's li like literally controlled by a tiny wee radio strapped to its head. And that's how it's controlled. So when the radio gets snapped off by a propeller, it goes rogue and it's killing people and all that kind of stuff. So there's one guy in the world who can, who can deal with Sharktopus and his name's Finn. I want to say it's Finn. I could be wrong. I've not seen it in a few years. And the, the, the two army guys are talking, Eric Roberts, I think is one of them. And he's saying, we, we've got to get Finn. And I think it's like his ex-son-in-law. I'm doing accents really bad. Bear with me. He says, we've got to get Finn. He's the only man in the world who can deal with, uh, I think they call it Weapon X. <laughs> of course they do. Uh, and he goes, oh, God damn it. I'm never using that guy again. He did this and it was terrible. Right? But then, like, the Shaktopus kills another 20 people and it's moving down the coast of the Gulf of Mexico. I'm there following it. And they... Uh, and the guy's like, oh, come on, Colonel. I don't know if he's Colonel. Come on, Colonel. We've got to get Finn. He's the only man in the world. The only man in the world that can deal with the Shaktopus. And he says, oh, okay then. Go and get him. Where is he? Oh, he's staying across the road in a hotel. Like, he just happens to be just right just here. Happens, yeah. he's, he's right there. So, like, literally walk across the road, and there's the one man in the world. So, I thought, that's class. And the other scene, and anyway, anyone who's seen Shaktabas probably knows the scene I'm about to mention here. Two guys painting a boat, right? So, they're on one of those, what do you call those things that, that they use for window cleaners? The, the the relift the pulley like lift like a scaffold out, um, it's got a name but yeah so it's it's like on ropes and it goes up and down the building mm, for them cleaning yeah, the yeah. windows mm -hmm. so it's like yeah it's like a scaffold it's a scaffold thing you move up and down yeah but it's it has a name and I can't remember what it is oh. anyway that's not important so there's these two guys and they I think they're on their lunch and they've they've just been painting this boat and then one of them says to the other something along the lines of again I'm paraphrasing years since I've seen it oh how would you like to die? <laughs> and the other guys are saying, oh, I don't know. I think I'd like to be uh, um, set on fire or drowned or whatever it is. Oh, I'd like to go in my sleep or whatever. And then you see the tentacles coming up out of the water, right? And it grabs mm -hmm. one of the guys. And as it's dragging him to his doom, he literally says, oh, no, not like this. <laughs> and he gets killed by the Sharktobus. So... It's it's quality, but I love all those things. Um, Camel Spiders was great. Lavalantula with Steve Gutenberg of of Police Academy fame. Mahoney from Police Academy. Lavalantula. It's the it's like a volcanic eruption, and these giant tarantulas come out, and they like are dripping lava. Uh, don't ask me how it works, but like they're made of lava it's anyway i love those films the the, the budget movie sci-fi films can't get enough of it sorry dave i'm wasting so much time here it's ridiculous let's get on to dave's top five films i'll bring up the graphic dave tell us all about your top five i don't know how i'm going to top that guilty I, pleasures I, I, my okay so one of my all-time guilty pleasures is the hunger games series you should be ashamed of yourself so, for that one <laughs> I, I i i know but to, for me on a personal level it's got a couple of my favorite actresses in it I, I love jennifer lawrence i think she's fantastic and uh yeah that was 
I mean, with her as the main character through four films, brilliant, love it, absolutely love it. And uh, then later on, got um, Natalie Dormer as well, just two of my all-time favorite actresses. Their their acting skills are so good. That that's all I will say on that. Um, but yeah, you must have seen the Hunger Games yourself, surely. I watched um, at least one of them, um, and there was one. Okay. Now, 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 so here's the thing. Uh. What <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna take this off second second uh, actually uh, see you here. So here's the thing. I watched at least one of the Hunger uh. Games films, and I was like, it's it's kind of weird. The thing that gets me is that it's it's portraying itself as like a serious film franchise if you know what i mean it's not taking the mickey out of itself but there was one scene where they had to they were putting in like a, a an electric wire from a lake to a to a tree or something yes. like that you know yes. the one so mm-hmm. what they i think they were at the lake right and they say so we're running this thing um from somewhere up there i don't know if it's an electric wire or whatever it is so they walk up to this tree i think it is and then the guy says right so what i'll do is i'll tie it off here and then we'll, i'll take it down to the lake and i was like you just walked up from the lake what why didn't you just start at the lake instead of walking from the lake all the way up to the tree and then have to walk all the way back down to the lake again i, I didn't never got that Anyway, sorry, Dave. That was just one thing about that. So, yeah, I've 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 seen one of the Hunger Games films, and yeah, I think that that yeah. was a, that would be the second one. <laughs> That's that the second you, one. You I don't know. Second, don't know. Yes, that would, that would be the second one. Yeah. So but, what's, no, what's, I mean, I think we'll move on from the Hunger okay. Games. Okay. I'm I, I, in my own head. I'll justify it. Uh, I, I I don't need your judgment. Um, but it's, <laughs> okay. <laughs> just, well, listen, you're, we'll, you're, you're talking about a guy who loves watching really awful sci-fi films so yeah well yeah see i i, I have I, I would watch any of them once but i guarantee i won't be watching it a second time for the low budget sci-fi it's it's just <laughs> like I'll, I'll be there for the first experience after that just, don't call me just don't so, call some of me these again. some of these films have like tiffany in them you know like the singer i think oh, alone oh. now. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Some of the actors okay. and actresses they get in these are amazing. Anyway, sorry, Dave. I'm taking up your precious time here. Well, so. Not at all. So um, what's what's your next no, one? Next one is even worse than the Hunger Games uh, because I love Notting Hill. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I can't tell you why. I because I don't know why. Oh my word! But I love Notting Hill. I love watching Notting Hill. I don't. I, I don't know what it is. Um, it could be, you know, uh, Risa fans in it. So the, the Welsh actor who's, uh-huh. uh, I, oh. I think he's, he's, he's brilliant. He he's is absolutely sensational. Brilliant. What an he actor. Is. Brilliant. I, I don't, I don't know what it's, a, what, what it is about that film. I think he, without him, it would have been terrible. Like who, is, whoever they had cast in his role. Is Notting Hill the one with Andy McDowell or Julia Roberts? That's Julia Roberts. Julia it's Ju- Roberts. Julia Roberts and Hugh Grant. Yes. Right. Okay. Because um, Andy McDowell's in the other one. With Hugh Grant. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I think. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I want to say yes. Yeah. 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 But no, not Notting Hill's great. Um, I don't know why. Like I said, it it, it just is. Um, it, it's just a story with two what's now well-known people. I think it's like kind of almost a David and Goliath kind of theme to it that you've got the what the really famous actress and one of the most well-known people in the world and this little bookshop guy 
uh, that's you know he, he manages to uh, get the woman of his dreams, and uh, this isn't making myself look any better. But I think that's pretty much the storyline of it. I, it's I, it's, I, the, I look, it's the romanticism inside you, Dave, and I think we can all appreciate yeah. that. We're all man enough to appreciate well, that. Well, yeah, maybe I'm going. Well, for want of a better answer, yes, we'll go for that because I, I I'll be honest. I, I genuinely don't know why. I just, I would quite happily watch it. All the time, like on a, on a weekly basis, I watch it every week. Um, but you know, it it's it's something. If it's on, I ain't switching the telly off, and you will have to fight me for that remote. Quite so right. there we go. That that's that's number two on my list. But number three is uh, my one of my favorites for my childhood, and that is the Jungle Book. Now, I wouldn't call that a guilty pleasure because that's an amazing film. It is, but it's it's maybe a guilty pleasure when you're 32 and watching it. Uh, I think that that raises <laughs> questions, um, you know. But, but well, the Jungle Book. I, w- I was going to put the Lion King in this as well um, because I do have a Lion King quote tattooed on me. So you know, I, 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 <laughs> I grew on. up with Disney. <laughs> um, um, hang on a second. Hang on. Uh, is it in a place that you're allowed to show on camera? Well, can you see my tattoo? Um, yeah. Yes. Hang Kuna on. Matata oh, on Kuna my Matata. forearm. On your forearm. Yeah. Yes, we can see that. Yes. Now, wow. when you are a student, uh, you do silly things. Now, I forget every day that I have that tattooed on me because I can't see it. It's, it's on the backside of my arm. And um, I, I get a lot of looks quite often. Um, and I, I have, most of the time, I, I can figure out what, what it is. But then it's usually little kids that are looking at my arm trying to read my arm and then they'll kind of look at me like i'm i'm like something seriously wrong with me well why is that it's on your arm and the honest answer is i don't know i was feeling a lion king kind of day and asked for that to be tattooed on me but quite yeah, right it could have it could have been quite quite easily i've had the bare necessities or some of my <laughs> other arm that that maybe that's an idea for, the, for my next tattoo but so um so the, the, the getting back to the jungle book mm-hmm. um i i love the jungle book I love so many Disney films. Yes. What do you make of the, the live-action remake of The Jungle Book? The one with Christopher Walken as King Louis. I I quite enjoyed it. Um, but I know a I lot of people parts. didn't like it. Yeah, I, I, I enjoyed quite a lot of it. You know, I, I wasn't disappointed watching mm. it because I, I, I was... I, I generally thought that it was going to be a big letdown. Um because you, you've got something that's iconic to more than just one generation. So you're always up against it from the get-go. But I, I, I think it, I, I quite enjoyed it. You know, I, I did only watch it once. I mean, I, you can, you, I, I reckon I've probably seen it in my lifetime, The Jungle Book, more than 50 times. Basically, wow. as a child, that is what I watched. The Jungle Book was my main go-to. I used to watch it with my grandmother. She loved it. Um, when Mowgli's a baby, you know, Bagheera's uh, putting him to the, to the wolves in, in his little basket and then he sort of paws him. That was my grand's favourite part completely. And we used to we used to just, you know, keep watching that part and that was both our favourite parts. We have a cup of tea and a biscuit and then after the film we have our bacon roll. So it's got a lot of sentimental value for me. Uh, it does the Jungle Book. But again, like you said, Disney films. We loved... We, it's hard to hate Disney films. Uh, maybe some of the more modern ones, not well. Obviously, since we're we're kind of a lot older now, and when they first came out, we we can 
say that it's not really for us, but the the classic ones. Yeah, can you go wrong. No, you can't. Absolutely, can't go wrong. But, what's what's next? Well, number four on my list: the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise movies. I love the Pirates uh, of the Caribbean. Yes, yes, absolutely. I I, I think the, the the original one was the best. I I I loved the first one, and again, it's on Disney. Which, so Disney Plus is a massive plus for me. Um, but yeah, Pirates of the Caribbean, uh, Johnny Depp, Orlando Bloom. I, I think um, I'd seen Lord of the Rings as well uh, with Orlando Bloom in it as Legolas. So Pirates of the Caribbean was right up my alley, and I, I loved I, I loved Johnny Depp in so many films as well. Oh, yeah. uh, Keira Knightley, Keira Knightley as well, fantastic actress. You know, it's it's I don't know. It's almost got a soothing calm effect on me. That I I am very chilled, relaxed with parts of the Caribbean. The, the the theme tune for it as well. Once I hear that, yeah, brilliant. Um, I know I'm just going to have a, a lovely little evening, um, just relaxing to parts of the Caribbean and Johnny Depp sort of sucking it to the the kind of British the, the British sea captains and the British boats <laughs> and then you know. Getting on the Black Pearl, but yeah, fantastic movie franchise. I I I don't think I've seen all of them. Uh, I I think that's more just because I always end up going back to the first one or forgetting that I'm in the middle of watching yeah, the Pirates I've, of the Caribbean. I think I've missed one of them because I I saw the first three, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I saw the one with um, Benicio del Toro. Not Benicio del Toro. I always say that it's not Benicio del Toro. Is it? I want to say it's, it's not Guillermo. Um. Oh my goodness! <laughs> I've forgotten the guy's name. The guy in No Country for Old Men. Javier Bardem. Javier Bardem. Oh my word! Javier, if you're listening. Uh, or watching, I apologize, right? We're, getting, we're completely forgetting your name. This is a recurring theme, and everyone knows my memory sucks. I can't remember anything. Um, and I'm really bad with people's names. Awful with people's names. So have you barred them? Salazar's Revenge, that's what it was called. So I that's watched that one. one. Yes. But there was another one, which I think is called On Stranger Tides, which I've not seen. Yes, I think that I'm we might be in the one. same boat there. Yeah, I think we might be in the same boat there. I, I, I have lower and lower expectations for each one that I watch because I think the first one was so epic. But, you know, the whole Pirates of the Caribbean, that, that's definitely massive guilt pleasure for me because it, like, I, lo- I, I love Johnny Depp, Orlando Bloom, and Keira Knightley. So they're the perfect kind of group of ac- actors and actresses together. Gotta love it. And your last one there, Dave. I'm going for a genre. I'm yeah. going for any Japanese animation. As anime is just my escape from the world, basically. You know, it's all about fantasy. Um, it's like a kind of grown-ups cartoon, I would call it. But, you know, I, I, I loved watching it. Uh, Naruto was one of my all-time favorite animes. Um, Death Note as well. Death Note, fantastic an- anime. And Bleach, which is also on Disney. Uh, you got Bleach in there. You know, these are uh, and uh, anime movies in particular as well. So you, um, you, you'll you'll get you'll get little um, kind of se- uh, segments or little add-ons to the to the anime series. And I, I I just I love watching these movies. They're absolutely fantastic. But 
I have to watch them in Japanese. It's wrong watch. The only one I will watch in English, not now, because I, I think I might have been 10 or 11 when I did watch it, was Pokemon. Pokemon in English is the only acceptable <laughs> one. Anything else must be in Japanese with English subtitles I, because it is just not the same. I'm with you 110%. Um, I'm glad. When I'm I glad. was when I was a teenager, uh, many 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 moons ago, um, I saw Channel Four showed Akira. Oh wow! Yes, and, I haven't seen Akira for a while. And I was blown away by that. I'd heard a talk about it. Mm-hmm. I'd seen things in magazines, whatever about it. Yeah, um, the manga kind of thing. Yeah. And Akira yeah. blew my mind. I was like, what is this? It was incredible. And that, that was my uh, introduction to, to manga, a uh, Japanese mm-hmm. anime. And yeah. um, I got a couple uh, on VHS back in the day. Project Echo was one of them. And uh, what was the other one now? Oh, my goodness, what was it called? In fact, not that long ago, uh, maybe a two. Oh, hang on. See, see, because of COVID, every time I say two years ago, I actually mean about four years ago. Because you know, twenty twenty and twenty twenty one. Yeah, wiped, caught myself doing it the other day. Wiped yeah. out. Um, my nephew was watching uh, one, and it was a a series. And I was like, "What's this from Netflix?" Mm-hmm. And he said, "It's called One Punch Man." And I was I like, "I've seen it. I've heard of it. Yeah." So I watched it. It is hilarious one punch man is spectacularly good i binged it the entire thing in one day wow the whole series it was fantastic the stories are brilliant the animation of course is amazing and i love japanese humor the the humor that they have in these things is just sublime i i I find a real affinity for it so i'm with you a hundred percent dave Japanese anime again I wouldn't really call it a guilty pleasure but then I suppose in mainstream it's really not considered you know top in this country quality yeah in this, country. In, in this yeah in this country I think if you go to Japan you're you're oh, weird yeah. if you don't watch it That's but true. you know in this country you're kind of considered mm, is that really oh, it's a bit silly blah 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 but you know what I love it absolutely love it and even like Japanese cin- uh, cinema as well uh, just the, the general movies I think there was a uh, a movie called Battle Royale, which is a ridiculous movie. Sort of but, explains um, why you like the Hunger Games then. It's well, basically it's Battle exactly, Royale. It is, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It, and I loved it. It was absolutely brilliant. So I, Battle enjoyed, Royale, I enjoyed Battle Royale. Yeah. And they made a second one as well, just to kind of emphasize that, you know, how good it was. So yeah, these, these kind of movies. Yeah. Love it. Absolutely love it. Foreign, foreign cinema gets a bad rap sometimes. So obviously it this does. year at the Oscars, um, everything everywhere all at once. Mm-hmm. cleaned up and quite right that was a i loved that film that was spectacular um and michelle yo was in it um, mm-hmm. she, she she won an oscar didn't she she won think, yeah yeah yeah. She, did, yeah I think, yeah she won an oscar i'm pretty sure um my favorite film with her in is crouching tiger hidden dragon a hundred million Just, percent uh, that's an Love incredible it. film it's an emotional roller coaster uh, the cinematography in it is just spellbinding. It's unbelievable. And, and that was one of the first films that I'd seen of um, coming out of uh, China 
uh, that mm-hmm. I was just like, oh, my, this is one of the best films I've ever seen. Just one yeah, of the best. And, I think the, and the, then the only was... one. Sorry, carry on. No, I was just going to say the only other kind of film uh, from kind of Chinese uh, cinema that I can that I thought, wow, this is incredible, was Ip Man. Mm, Ip Man. So, and and th- and they've got I think it's four, maybe five Ip Man films. I guess there's definitely four. Last time I checked, but there, there could be yeah. five. Yeah, Ip Man's great. Uh, House of Flying Daggers. Uh, yes. Cur- Curse of the Golden Flower. That is amazing. Another one with Chow Yun Fat. Just, just these cinematographers and the the choreographers for these and the people mm, doing the music mm. um, are just, they, they are so good. Uh, and if you haven't seen Kung Fu Hustle, go oh, and check word. it out. I love Kung Fu. There you go. That's a guilty the pleasure most, for me. The Kung most ridiculous film I have ever watched in my life was Kung Fu Hustle. Brilliant. Just, it was brilliant, but brilliant. like, it was so bad at it the was. same time. But what watch Kung Fu Hustle, 100% endorsed by the WinFL show. Definitely. Now, um, that's our top five of guilty pleasure films. So, thanks for that, Dave. You're very welcome. Now, much as we'd love to talk about movies all the time, this is not a movie podcast. Uh, yes. So apologies to those NFL fans who maybe just like just started listening at that point and were like, well, I thought this was about American football. It is. We were just going through our top five guilty pleasure films. So there you go. Uh, now, just having a quick look on Twitter here, Dave. Uh, Jets owner Woody Johnson, not the patient sort, but he says the team remains optimistic about the Aaron Rodgers move. That's from around the NFL, just a few minutes ago there. So uh, that looks like it's still going to happen. We're just going to wait until it happens, I guess. Um, yeah. So what we'll do, uh, Dave, unless there's anything else that you want to bring up, I think we'll move straight on to a random stats. Are you happy to do that? Yeah, let's go for it. Well, in that case, uh, why don't we uh, come up with our final segment, which is, of course... Random Stats. Random Stats. Yeah. yeah. Uh, would you like to go first this week, Dave? For I'll, Random I'll go, Stats. I'll go, yeah, I'll go first this week. Yeah, I'll, t- I'll take this one on. So mine, mine was actually from... or It originally came from a tweet from uh, Warren Sharp of NFL on Fox. Uh, I found it fascinating because it's uh, the, the, the stat is about total snaps played in the last five years by players that a team have drafted themselves. Okay, so but you, could, you could even make the argument that they're like kind of homegrown players, if that makes sense. So are you with me so far? I'm going to say yes. <laughs> <laughs> so teams that they, they've drafted the player out of college yeah. and they've played snaps for them over the past five years. Okay? Gotcha. Gotcha. So the top, I'll, I'll give you the top three. Okay, and I'll give you top three and the bottom three. So, uh, out of all the players that they've been draft, they've drafted, the Dallas Cowboys have got players that played the most snaps that they've drafted. Okay, so the amount of snaps by players that they've drafted in the last five years, ninety-one thousand nine hundred one snaps. That's a lot of snaps. That's a lot of snaps. Okay, now. The second, second and third are a bit way back, and that's Minnesota and Baltimore on eighty-five thousand, eighty-three thousand. So they all th- those three teams really like to sort of throw in their um, their draft picks into the start, you know, and make them play for a period of time. So that that's that's good that they have faith in their scouting. I think uh, from especially from those three teams. You go to the other end of the spectrum, though. 
it's quite eye-opening because third last is the Rams. Now, the Rams don't really emphasize draft picks very much, and that, that shows in these numbers. So they're 30th in the league, and they've had 54,300 snaps. That's a big difference between them and the top, which is the Cowboys. Yeah. Okay, now I want, you to, I want you to bear in mind that Cowboys number of 91,000. Second last are the Jets with 47,000, and they've had some quite high draft picks in the last five years. Hmm. Unfortunately for them, they've shipped on a lot of those draft picks. That they're kind of top draft picks, and they've moved on. So uh, yeah, they're second bottom. Last, however, are the Las Vegas Raiders. Now, their number. Remember the Cowboys number ninety one thousand. Yeah, yeah. Las Vegas Raiders total snaps played in the last five years by players that a team have drafted themselves mm-hmm. eleven. 1900 that's not a lot that's, <laughs> it's 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 ridiculous it's about 12 percent of the cowboys wow that's right so the basically the players that they draft they either don't play very often or they're shipped off really quickly i, I i'd say from a raider's point of view for uh look, with their outlook on the future and their emphasis on draft picks that's bad. That's that's not good. It's a really bad one. I mean, the Raiders organization we know is not the best run one, but this is just another one to back that up. But yeah, the Raiders, they've got, they they basically they they bring players in on free agents and free agency uh, signings and trades and don't place enough emphasis on the players that they draft. So that is my random stat: the Raiders having twelve percent of the snaps. Uh, the snap total that the Cowboys had on players that they drafted themselves in the last five years. Very detailed, very long. I do apologize, but... No, never apologize. It raises, it raises a point about the Raiders. It does. But never apologize for an intricate random stat. Yeah. I love I love that. Good random stats. Um. Okay. Okay. The Raiders need to do a better job of drafting, but then they just sign the biggest, fastest guy in... Yeah, I mean, they, they, they've run out of excuses at this point, so good luck to them. Yes. Now, uh, my random stat concerns running backs. Ooh. So, in the history of the NFL, um, one player has rushed for 200 yards in a game four times. Just one guy. Um. Now, do you, who do you think that... Well, actually, I'm saying over 200 yards. The numbers actually only go up to 50, the, the top 50, as it were. Um, mm-hmm. So, um, take a guess who that might be. Just throw out a name. I mean, it, it could be... Yeah, well, obviously, you, you have Barry Sanders, but I, do, I doubt it will be. Or Flipper Anderson, maybe? Uh, it wasn't Barry Sanders. Barry Sanders has done it twice. Twice. He's done twice. Yeah. Adrian Peterson's done it twice. Uh, Derek Henry's done it twice. Derek Henry. Marsha Falk's done it once. He's done it once. Mm-hmm. Now, oh. OJ Simpson and Jamal Charles have both done it three times. Three times? Okay. But the guy who's done it four times is the all-time legend, Jim Brown. Okay? Of course. Okay. All right. Now, I'm going to go through 
some of Jim Brown's seasons, because see, a lot of people, although they've heard the name Jim Brown, and they've heard umpteen people saying Jim Brown is arguably the greatest running back of all time, a lot of people don't realise just how good Jim Brown was. Okay, so I'm going to give you mm. some some of his uh, running yardage through his seasons. So, um, 1,527, 1,329, 1,257, 1,408. That's for Naro. Um, 1,863, 1,446, 1,544. Okay. Two seasons in his career, he didn't rush for 1,000 yards. In his rookie season, he went for 902. Um, and in his in 1962 season, he went for 996. So nearly hit 1,000 yards every game. The important mm-hmm. thing to remember is that up until 1961, there was only 12 games in a season. Wow. Yeah. From 19- That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Please. From wow. 1961 until 1965, when he retired after 1965, there was only 14 games in a season. In his 1963 campaign, where he went for 1,863 yards and 12 touchdowns in 14 games, that gave him an average per game of 133.1 yards per game. And in his 1958, where he went for 1,527 yards and 17 touchdowns, that was in 12 games, and he averaged 127.3 yards per game rush for 17 touchdowns in 12 games in his second season in the league. Jim Brown was a, a legend. Now, obviously, I, I never saw him play way before my time. Uh, I don't know anyone who did actually see him play of course there's many people who did do that um Mm -hmm. but you you see when people are saying jim brown is one of the greatest running backs of all time probably the greatest running back of all time you look at his career numbers and you go well they don't don't really stack up with you know emmett smith or, or even walter payton but the reality is the guy was only playing in 12 games a year and he was going for 1500 yards and 17 touchdowns or when he when he did get up to fourteen, he went for eighteen hundred yards, fourteen hundred yards, fifteen hundred yards. I mean, in his career, he averaged one hundred and four point three yards per game. Jim Brown was something else, uh, mm-hmm. and that is my random stat. Fantastic the great Jim Brown. Yeah. yeah, and and I think it goes to show the, the way that you know, it, even though the game has developed and there's more yards. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, there's more games every year. Uh, that his numbers are still not being topped. So I think that you know the evidence in itself and the lo- the longevity as well to keep it going year after year after year. Yeah, I mean, it, uh, it, it's impressive, really impressive. We look at that um, that 1963 season that he had. So he went for uh, 1863 yards. It was an average of 133.1 yards per game. So we're going to get the calculator out and work out what that would be. 133.1 times 17 if he played today. That average, that make works at 2,262 yards in a season. That would break the all-time record. Easily. With change. You know? change. Yeah. Jim Brown was, was something else. 
Uh, he really was. Um, and uh, he went on to do movies as well. Jim Brown. Oh, yes. I did not know that. He did. He was, he's been in uh, a few TV things and a couple of films. Jim Brown's done all right for himself after, uh, after leaving the NFL. And quite rightly so. Apparently, he's uh, always been a perfectionist, puts 100% into everything that he does. So there you go. That is my random stat. Dave, do you have anything else you'd like to add before we uh, before we leave it there? I don't think so. Just, uh, you know, big shout out to the Rams for actually making one signing, if, even if it's just a re-signing. But, you know, <laughs> they, they've finally done something. But, here, you know, here's to many more at the same time. Absolutely. Uh, well, thank you very much, Dave, for joining us. I really appreciate it. Always my pleasure, buddy. Uh, thanks to all of you for uh, listening and, of course, watching us on YouTube as well. If you are uh, checking us out on YouTube, please feel free to like and subscribe. Obviously, everyone bangs on about the old YouTube algorithm. Uh, the only way you get your videos uh, recommended is if more people subscribe and like your videos. So uh, if you be good enough to do that we'd really appreciate that uh of course keep your comments coming you can find us on twitter you can also find dave on twitter and jake as well uh, you'll find us at the WinFL show uh, on twitter and um if you've got any suggestions for random stats that you'd like us to do on the show ping us a message on twitter we'll be happy to read it out for you the more random and obscure it is the better We'd love that, particularly if it involves special teams. Because a lot of special teams here in the WinFL show. Yes. Uh, so feel free to hit us up on Twitter at the WinFL show. Give us your uh, give us your random stats, and uh, we'll see about reading them out. Might even give you a wee shout out as well. So once again, Dave, thank you very much for your time. Thanks My everyone. Pleasure. Thanks everyone for listening, and we'll catch you on next week's edition of the WinFL show.